Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Screen Time Podcast. I'm Connor. And I'm Luke. And today, we are talking about the Mission Impossible movies, including the not-so-newly released Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, which came out a week ago. Yeah. Uh, so, we won't get to that movie until the end of this episode, but when we do get there, we will be a little more slack with the spoilers. Yes. Now, at in behind the scenes, as of recording this part right now, we haven't seen the movie. It hasn't come out yet. We're going to talk about the first six, and then maybe just a little bit of our expectations going into seven. Then there'll be a cheeky sound effect. Then we'll be back with you after having watched seven, and you can get our initial thoughts there. Bingo. So for the first six, there'll definitely be no spoilers, because we don't know what's happened yet. What? For the first six, there'll be no spoilers? For the first six, there'll be no spoilers for seven. Oh. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, what? For the first six, we're going all spoilers, because Correct. they're at least years old. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Alright, let's get started with number one. Uh, what did you think, Luke, of the first movie? So, the first Mission Impossible is one of those movies where it's a classic, right? But also is just so minuscule. Small potatoes compared to where we get to. It feels a lot more, I guess, smaller scale yeah. than the rest. But that's also because it was 96 and the first one. But I do like it. I think it's it's pretty classic in its own way. I don't love it. Yeah? That's too bad. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't have any passionate negative feelings towards it, but yeah. if I'm going to rewatch any of these... It's probably not the first one. Well, I was just to rewatch one of them. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, look, I'm not going to beat around the bush. There's one scene in this movie that's perfect. And it's the Langley High scene. Oh, of course. Of course. And you know what? That scene still holds up. It's been oh yeah, almost over 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's been like 25 years. Golly crazy and that scene is still awesome it's true and that's the scene that's like if you remember one mission impossible stunt scene yeah it would be that heist like that's mission impossible right there yeah i love how like i like how sweaty everyone is i like how quiet the scene like there's no music for the full 10 minutes and that's incredible yeah uh I like watching him do the wire work, even before he falls inches from the ground, mm-hmm. which is also very good. Yeah. Just him hanging there working on the computer, it's good stuff. I like when the when the mouse comes in and scares the dude and makes him drop him. Yeah. I like him dropping the knife right at the last second. Oh, yeah. Everything about that scene, I think, just works. It, it builds really um, well. Oh, what's the word? Tension. Tension. There you go. Yeah. Very well. Uh, something I don't like is that they made John Voigt, the director of IMF, the bad guy. Now, I haven't seen the TV show, so I'm not coming at this with like a, oh, you betrayed, you know, the whole show that I liked, which a lot of people did, including the actor who played the director in the TV show. I just think it's kind of lazy, and also, I think it's super obvious. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Like, especially right at the beginning when Emilio Estevez is on the top of the elevator 
and he's on his computer and he's like, it's not working. And John Voight is at a computer and he's like, why isn't it working? And then the elevator goes up and he dies. I'm like, well, it was obviously you. Like, you have a computer in front of you. You made yeah. it happen. And then after all this, he dies. Oh, so convincingly. Yeah. Like, look at the blood of my hands. Uh, I'm going to walk and, and throw myself over the bridge. <laughs> it's it, it's not convincing. <laughs> no. But it's 96. It's classic. You know? but yeah. What do you, what do you think of Ving, Ving, uh, oh my gosh, Ving Rhames, though? His look in the first movie is crazy. He's so young. Especially, well, and he's got like the glasses and like the little beard. Yeah. I'm like, wow, that is a dated look. <laughs> oh, he, here's a question I'll ask you about each one. What do you think about Ethan Hunt's hair in the first one? Hair in the Very first one? military cut. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah military cut. <laughs> it's fine. I don't love it because I just don't love that cut. But like, yeah. I don't know. For I being the first one, it, I don't know. he has better hair in other movies. Oh yeah, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, he my, probably has the best hair in Fallout. Yeah, I'd say Fallout or Rogue Nation. Yeah, which is, are similar. Yeah, cuts. Um, the line that I like the most from this movie is very early on, spoken by Emilio Estevez, when he's talking about the bubblegum bomb. Yeah. And he says, you know, you match the green and red together. Hosta lasagna, don't get any on ya. And that is the most incredible line <laughs> out of any of these movies. Out of cinema history. It's definitely it. up there. <laughs> so good. Uh, how do you feel about the final, uh, the, the train segment? It's incredible that they didn't use any green screen. You know? Or visual effects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it looks bad. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it looks very, very bad. Not in a way that's offensive or anything, but I'm just watching it and I'm like, whoa. Uh, it, it blows me away that in all the, like in every throwback trailer and in on the main menu when I watch it on the Blu-ray... They show that scene of him jumping off of the exploding helicopter yeah. onto the train in every piece of advertising. Looking back on that movie, that, it looks terrible. It does. It looks awful. <laughs> but they just use it all the time, and I can't, oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, it's because that was their big stunt. They're like, yeah, but it doesn't look great. I in love perspective. I love the masks in this movie. Because they're they're fully, like Tom Cruise has put a rubber prosthetic on his face, but that means that everyone that he impersonates has to look like Tom Cruise. Like yeah. they're like, all right, we're gonna go in and we're gonna impersonate this senator, and I'm like, that senator looks like Tom Cruise with white eyebrows. <laughs> you know? What I mean? Yeah. Oh, it's it's the best when the masks get like a person with a really skinny face. Yeah. And Tom Cruise is like, yeah, that's me, and I'm like, you can't make your face skinnier. <laughs> Yeah. Ugh. Love it. But, like, the reveal scene, when he puts on the glasses and everything, you know, he's like, yeah. we, we caught him. That I like that. I think that's fun. I yeah. think I think all of the, or most of the scenes in these movies where they do something like that, where they, you know, have an ala- elaborate trick to, to, trick, out, to, to out, the, to bad out guy. the bad guy. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. All right. The first one. All right. Well, let's move on to the second one. Oh, boy. 
uh, otherwise known as the bad one, because <laughs> boy is it no good. Oh, this movie's no. I've, I've actually bad. I've actually written down a list here. Oh boy. Uh, pretty early on, I decided to write down uh, things that I didn't like about the movie. Yeah. Um, I hate the text that they use throughout it, like lo- yeah, locations yeah, yeah, or like yeah. even like the you know Paramount Pictures presents. Yeah. I hate it. I hate the rock climbing bit. Oh my I, goodness, the rock climbing bit is so it, bad. It's so long. I know. It's, it's like, probably oh gosh, only like two stop. or three minutes, but it Endless, just please. goes forever. I hate his hair. I hate his glasses. Uh, I hate that Anthony Hopkins is using an American accent in this movie. You didn't like his hair? Tom Cruise's hair? Yeah. No. Oh. I... That mop on his head, I, I am not for it. <laughs> I don't mind it. Uh, I also hate how sexy this movie is. It <laughs> is out uh-huh. of control. Well, it's just every time Tom Cruise is on screen, you're like... And anyone's on screen. <laughs> like, what's her name? Thandi Newton yeah. spends more time... I think the camera focuses more on everything below her neck than her actual head. Yeah. <laughs> In this movie. It's, it's weird. It's gross. Uh, I also hate that Anthony Hopkins says, uh, well, it's not called Mission Difficult, it's called Mission Impossible. It's the worst title drop I've heard in the movie. Uh, I hate that the bikes explode at the end. I I missed a bit here because I got tired of writing down everything I hate because it was just everything. Uh, when they, At the end, when Ethan Hunt and the anti-Ethan Hunt like bike just each other, yeah. And they jump off their bikes, and their bikes, which are just rolling on the ground, explode. Yeah. I hate it. No, it's no good. Uh, and I hate the entirety of the final fight. The final fight. Like, talking about on the beach? Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The beach that just kind of appears out of nowhere, <laughs> because it would look cool with sand. Yeah. I hate the doves in that compound. Oh I just... <sighs> Ugh, this movie. But the plot. With the... the I, hate, I hate the plot. What, what's it called? What's it called? Chimera? Chimera. Very exciting. Woo! <laughs> Just kidding. It's no good. Also, <laughs> the jump <laughs> from... Okay, the first movie, something's gone wrong. Ethan's been framed. He's got to steal a list so that he can out the bad guys. Right. It's very... Relatively contained. Right. Right? Right. And we went from that to there's a biological disease that's going to wipe out the planet. And Ethan Hunt is in charge. What? (laughs) Excuse me? Like, if that was Dead Reckoning and we had gone through the steps to get there, I maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'd still think it's stupid. I don't know. (laughs) Probably. But the fact that this is... The second movie, and they're like, oh, by the way, the world could end. No. No, that's not... We're not doing that here. No, but they do it again. They do do it again. Multiple times. Yeah. Uh, just... I just want to talk about the whole motorbike scene. Hey, you go for it, man. Okay. So, it's... You know how I said um the first one? You know, the heist builds tension, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh... There is just none yeah. throughout this entire motorbike chase. And you're just... There's there's no excitement happening throughout this. 
it's just two dudes on a motorbike that a camera has picked up. And you're just watching it happen. Yeah. You're like, can this end? Just the, the, But when they crash into each other, it's just a whole nother level of amazing. And by amazing, I mean, oh boy. <laughs> That's not great. But yeah, I just, I don't know. And, I'm sorry. And Brendan Gleeson's in this movie too. That's true. And he, I forget. He's, what? he's no good. <laughs> Rewatching these, I forgot how many like names. Yeah. yeah. In this movie. Oh, yeah. Boy. Uh, also, the anti-Ethan Hunt uh, <laughs> is is the same actor as the guy who plays Batwoman's dad in the CW Batwoman oh. show. Um, didn't like that. No. I I just didn't like the whole anti-Ethan Hunt thing. It it reminded me of um an episode of Star Trek where where the stuff happens that I can't remember exactly. But then there's evil Spock, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and evil Kirk, just reverse clothing, and they are just like, yeah, I'm just your evil version, but I'm basically the same person. It's like, wow, this is real original. Oh, the masks are so funny in the second one. How hey. many times they, like, it's a reveal, like, oh, you thought I was this person? Un- undoes the, or takes off the mask. No, I'm actually this guy. Yeah. And then it's another scene, like, five minutes later, like, oh, <laughs> what's that? The mask comes off. And I gotta say, the whole movie. The it's logic hilarious. behind those masks, and, like, I shouldn't be thinking about logic. <laughs> but at the end, they're like, oh, we've got Ethan Hunt. And, uh, oh boy, we got him. How, you know, any last words? He doesn't say anything. You know, uh, not even a smile. Nothing happens. And then they kill him. But it turns out that it was the henchman with a Tom Cruise mask on. Yeah. But how would that fit around his lips if he mm-hmm. had duct tape over his mouth? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. No. I, 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 I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Uh. Now, I will say. <laughs> Maybe one of my only compliments about this movie is that the because it's definitely like the other actors when they're wearing the mask, mm-hmm. right? That's Tom Cruise just not talking. It's yeah. not someone wearing Tom Cruise mask. And the effect of them taking the mask off actually looks pretty good. Yeah, it, I it do like that. Bad. Yeah, that's true. Especially for that being twenty years old as well. Yeah, I well done. I guess. I guess even though they didn't. The um, first one. This movie's directed by John Woo. His style is very exact. You would have noticed this. <laughs> very exaggerated, very stylized, you know. Yeah. I want everything to look really cool. Yeah. We know someone else who, who does this Zack Snyder. I think Zack Snyder does this way better. <laughs> <laughs> Zack Snyder wasn't even on my radar when I was thinking about this movie. Wow. Because. I don't know, I feel like Zack Snyder's better at, like, focusing on, like, what to look at to make it look cool, mm-hmm. whereas it feels like John was just like, you know what would be cool? So we did a helicopter shot here. Huh? <laughs> huh? What if, what if as Ethan's running for way too long to jump out of this building, <laughs> the music really swells? Yeah. And it takes him, like, 90 seconds to run eight feet. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Who did the music for the second one? That was Hans Zimmer. <gasps> no way. Oh, it was. The first one was Danny Elfman. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, we can talk about that now. <laughs> the composers they got for this music, they're stacked, dude. It's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah. Danny Elfman did the first one. Hans Zimmer did the second one. Michael Giacchino did three and four. Yeah. Then I can't remember the name of the guy who did five. But he hasn't done a ton. He did this and Jack Reacher, pretty much. Uh, and then Lauren Balfe did... <laughs> Joe Kramer? Joe Kramer, that's right. He did five, and then Lauren Balfe did six and seven, and I assume eight as well. Yeah, Lauren Balfe. Well, Lauren Balfe is doing seven, I know that, but probably eight, too. Yeah, but just yeah. do it at the same time, probably. Would make sense. Um, and look, as bad as some of these are... The music is The music's bad. pretty good. Yeah. And what what I find interesting about that is... Essentially, they're they're given the theme, the theme song from the TV show. Yeah. Like, here you go. Uh, and here's the movie, make a score out of it. And I think all of them use, like, integrate that dun, dun, yeah. dun, dun, really well. And they all do it in kind of their own way as well. I I think one of them does it the coolest yeah. in terms of, like, the most different variation. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. But I'll talk about that when, when we get to that movie. But yeah, that's two. Is there anything else you want to say about two? It's not good. <laughs> it's no good. It's no good. Oh. And doves don't, don't belong don't, in an action scene like that. Don't do doves. Oh. Uh, you want me to blow your mind a little bit here? I'd love. For my I think Mission love. Impossible 3 might be my favorite of the franchise. Ooh. That's exciting. Hands down, without a shadow of a doubt, the best opening to any of these movies. The opening is so cool. To, to put the scene like from the end of the movie at the beginning. And immediately, what I think they do so cool is immediately you know that the villain in this movie is not messing around. Yeah. And he's really scary. Yeah. So even like in the movie, when they first interact with him, there's not a lot of dialogue and they don't, you know, their interaction is pretty muted for a while. Yeah. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking of the beginning of the movie where he executes <laughs> Ethan Hunt's wife yeah. in front of his eyes. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is not going to go well. Yeah. Which I would just like to say, let's talk about that. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Has Excellent. Oh my goodness. Very, he's, very good. He's the best villain. Oh yeah. Easily. In this franchise. Easily. Yeah. Oh. Oh, so and good. I love, like he, was the scene that I like a lot with him is when he wakes up in the airplane after they've doubled him and kidnapped him and everything. Mm-hmm. And he wakes up and they're like, the world thinks you're dead. You're going to tell us this information now. And he, he doesn't say, you know, where am I? Who are you? He's just like, you've made a mistake. And if you have anyone that you love, I'm going to find them. And I'm going to hurt them. And you're like, goodness gracious, man. Like, <laughs> settle down. <laughs> yeah. He, but he just is no nonsense, no messing around. And he is scary. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I love it he so much. He a very good job. Very good job. Uh, Simon Pegg also joins in this movie Briefly, but yes yeah. and I, I like him Yeah, I really like Simon Pegg in these movies I do too he, He's very fun I'm glad, he, I'm glad that they enjoyed him enough to uh, give him bigger roles in, yeah. in the subsequent movies Yeah I remember not liking the third one So the thing is, I've watched these movies once Years ago Probably whatever, whenever Fallout came out. It was five years ago. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> it's 
Five years ago, I watched these movies and I haven't seen them since. And I remember the third one being bad. But I'm I'm happy to say, <laughs> kind of crazy. But I I think what happened is I mixed it up with the second one. Maybe. I'm I'm going with that because the third one is pretty awesome. Yeah. And the second one failed attention. The third one that's just going this whole movie because of that opening scene. Oh, it's a very exciting movie. For yeah. sure. Also, J.J. Abrams directed it. This is the first movie exciting. he ever directed. Oh yeah. He directed he directed TV. Yeah. And he made two shows: Alias and your favorite, Lost. Your darn rights. Well, one of my favorites. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Swinging the hit. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Uh, and you know we people love to to make fun of him a little bit, you know, the lens flare and and the way that he shoots movies and stuff. I think the, the visual style is really good. If you make fun of J.J. Abrams' lens flare, you haven't seen a Michael Bay movie. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love lens flares, though, so I'm okay uh, with it. This, I will say, is perhaps a, a negative point. Each of these movies have, like, a you know the big stunt that everyone remembers. And the first one is when he hovers inches above the ground. Right. In the second one, it's it's when the anti-Ethan Hunt brings a knife down. The knife is, like, tickling, like, his eyelashes. Uh, in this one, it's it's when that missile hits the bridge and he flies into yeah. the car and breaks the back windshield. I don't love it. <laughs> for, for for this to be the one that people remember is the stuff that happens on the bridge. It's like, that's it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. But, like, it's kind of weird. Like, the missile, like... Where it lands and the way that Ethan moves doesn't look like it lines up. Mm-hmm. It, and also it's like, oh, that's your big stunt? Like you move two feet and hit a car? Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, then he falls off the bridge, right? Or or is about to fall off and then holds. Yeah. But, but yeah. I don't know. It's... Uh, less exciting than it could have been yeah but overall but, but overall the movie's cool. pretty good yeah oh sure. yeah hmm. so oh that is this one so at the beginning of the movie when they pull him out of like he's not retired I guess he's just become a teacher yeah but they're like you gotta come back into the field cause you gotta go save Carrie Russell mm-hmm. that's the actress's name of the character's name <laughs> and they they get her out and first of all I think this was it was really cool seeing like two two skilled agents working together. You know, I enjoy you know when he's working with Luther and when he's working with other people, it's good. But oftentimes it's like a guy in the chair type of role, or mm-hmm. Tom Cruise is like getting someone out. But there's two agents; they're both skilled. They're focusing on you know shooting the bad guys on their side of the room type of thing. Yeah. But then that bomb goes off in her head, and her eye like flings to one side disgusting yeah but also excellent yeah like well there's no question of like something really bad just happened (laughs) yeah uh another thing it's been a while since i have seen these as well i completely forgot that the bad guy was not in fact Lawrence fishburne (laughs) but billy crudup's character and when Uh he walks in after they kill not ethan hunt's wife I was like, oh, yeah, I did not remember that at all. Yeah. And I think 
for the amount of times that they're like, hey, this person's the bad guy, but it's not, this was probably the best they've done. Because yeah. I genuinely was not suspecting him, and I've seen this movie before, so. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well done to you. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to Aaron Paul for showing up for less than two minutes in this movie. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't have recognized him the first time I saw it because I hadn't seen Breaking oh, Bad. I didn't. No. Yeah, me neither. But, uh, yeah, he's basically playing Jesse Pinkman. Yeah. That was fun. It was. It was a good cameo. Yeah. Uh, I also like uh, Michelle Monaghan, who plays Julia, his oh, wife. Yeah. yeah. I I think she does a pretty solid job. She does. She does. And I... I I like the relationship that her and Ethan have. I'm a little bummed out that it kind of just stopped Yeah. by the next movie, and they had to write around it. I think it comes to a decent resolution in six, but yeah. Um, but in like the first one, he has like almost a romance with like his teammate. Yeah. But that's kind of not really anything. And then the second one, he's like, I would give up anything for Maggie Q, but it's like, yeah, but we also, like, even if you hadn't seen the third one, you would know, not Maggie Q, Thunder Newton. Yeah. He's like, you would know that she's not coming back in the next one. And that's something that I find frustrating about certain franchises or stuff, where it's like they have a different love interest every movie, and it's like, yeah, at some point, it just becomes... Like, oh, yeah, I don't care about this. You know, by the time you get Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and he starts caring about this German girl, it's like, yeah, I'm, nothing's going to happen here, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do enjoy uh, Julia. Yeah. And I, it's a cool story that plays out, even if she's not super in the next three. Yeah. It's a decent way that they write around that yeah I agree but I have more to say on that later for sure should we move on I think we should okay so this is the fourth one so we stopped using numbers yeah Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol very exciting what are your thoughts on this movie it's actually a lot better than I remember it being do you remember it being bad I remember it being like fine oh but I thought it was good. It is good. It's very good. Uh, hands down. I'm going to say this is his craziest stunt. Climbing that tower. That was awesome. I love that scene so much. Oh, and the, it's just, it's formulated so well. Oh, yeah. Like, when, first of all, they do the setup perfectly. They're like, we have a you know we have an issue here. We need to get to the server room. We can't get in from the inside. Right. Well, what do you mean? Well, what if we try this? this is not going to work. We need to get in from the outside. Also, you have less than twenty minutes. Uh, and also, not explicit, but our tech hasn't been working the entire movie. Yeah. So, <laughs> here's these gloves. Have fun. Oh man, it and just stops working. And. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tom, no. There's the shot where he, like, climbs out of the room around side, and the yeah. camera, like, 
moves outside with him, and as you pass through where the window was, then you hear the wind and everything, and you're like, oh, it's a little scary. Yeah. <laughs> My hand starts to shake a little bit. I'm like, ooh, boy, <laughs> I know it's a movie, and nothing's happening to me, but I'm feeling uneasy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, just everything about it. Even the fact that, like, his, he uses that rope or whatever to run down. It's not long enough. And he does that beautiful jump. Oh, yeah. Around to get in there and just totally clotheslines himself on, <laughs> on the window frame. Oh, incredible. Very fun. Yeah. What do you think about uh, Jeremy Renner? I did like him. Yeah. And I wouldn't mind if they brought him back. I, I agree. He, he was uh, a nice addition. Is Ghost Protocol, that's, that's the one with the... With the sheets that they put up, right? In the hallway? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a cool bit, too. That's a very... And that's cool a... Bit. What a creative piece of tech. Yeah. For them to create for this movie. That was just a cool idea. Yeah. I... That, that's one of those scenes that would go on and you'd be like, all right, pay attention. This is a fun yeah. scene, you know, for however long it is, 10-ish minutes. Yeah. It goes on. Yeah. I, I just find this movie overall just a very entertaining movie that is still good on rewatch because of how great some of these scenes are. Yeah. Yeah. The one scene I don't like is after they do... The hotel stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's Ethan Hunt chasing the bad guy from John Wick through the sandstorm. I don't love it. No. It's really hard to see. And it's really long. That's true. And after all of it, it's all for nothing. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. I think a big part of it is that you just have come off of this incredible stunt of him climbing the side of the building. And then you pulled off this pretty solid seat of tension where they're on different floors making the same exchange and they're hoping that everything works out right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then it's followed by this sandstorm bit, which is not great. Well, the guy escapes with the sandstorm. Yeah. So it was like cover, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But also, Ethan was, like, right behind him for ten minutes. <laughs> you know, don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. You know, it's, it's, it's the small things, right? Uh, do you know who directed this one? No, I don't. It was Brad Bird. Oh, really? Who you may know as the director of The Incredibles and Ratatouille. Bird is the word. And The Iron Giant, I believe. For sure. So that's cool. Oh, Bird. Also, I'm oh, sorry, what? No, you can see what you can see. I was going to say, also, the composer of this movie, Mal Giacchino, uh, this is my favorite variation of the Mission Impossible theme during yeah. those opening credits. Yeah. Very sweet. Very sweet. Uh, we, we're big fans of Mike. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, if, a, if, we, if we saw that a movie was coming out, we thought that it looked bad, but we found out that Giacchino was, <laughs> was composing... We'd probably go watch it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
He doesn't disappoint. He just doesn't. He definitely hasn't yet. Not yet. I enjoy that they uh, they really lean into the team aspect in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Which is, they did it more in this one than they have in the past. Mm-hmm. Than just Tom doing stuff with a couple of And then Luther happens room. to be helping him out. Yeah. Or it's usually just Luther. And then someone else happens to be there type of thing. Yeah. Uh, and I think that the way that they have the team working in different places and having to interact with each other, I think that was really good. Especially at the end when they're, you know, Benji and Brandt oh, yeah, yeah. have to work together to get into the computer while Hunt and the, the girl <laughs> have to... have to Jane? Impl- Jane. Oh, yeah. that's right. Because her name is Agent Carter. Which I think is hilarious because <laughs> Haley Atwell, who played Agent Carter in the Captain America movies, <laughs> is in number seven. Oh, yeah. She's definitely not, her name's not Agent Carter in, no. in the Mission Balls movies, but I thought that that was a fun it was. connection. But watching the two of them infiltrate the Indian guy's hotel and get the passcode. Yeah. Yeah. It's just overall a pretty fun movie, I think. The one thing, and this doesn't stop in 5 and 6, but this feels like a good place to mention it. I enjoy these movies, and I think they're fun, and this is more of a nitpick. It kind of seemed like, we, you know, eh, rather than something that I actually have against these movies. But it is strange how often the government is like, <laughs> what you're doing is bad. And we're going to shut you down, or we're going to try and take you in. You know, especially by this one, like, he's definitely saved the world a couple times. Yeah. You know, like, let's be real, the the fallout of the actions haven't been that hard for you to clean up, right? Fallout of the actions, that's funny. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's just like, he gets it done... And he's never betrayed you. Yeah. And he could have, easily. Especially given how many times you've turned on him. Mm-hmm. For him to be like, no, I'm still doing this for, for the government. Like, why? Stop giving up on him. Yeah. Or being like, you're disavowed. Just give him two days. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's always whatever, like, oh, new world danger. You know, now he's yeah. starting a mission. Oh, by the way, <laughs> we're shutting you down. You were fine when you weren't doing anything, but now that the world's in danger, we got you know your mission. Should you choose to accept it? Maybe you shouldn't, because they're probably going to turn on you <laughs> in less than twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's not enough to make me hate these movies, but it is like it's there. Yeah, in all of them, it's like I don't know, man. I think at this point it's more funny than annoying. Maybe <laughs> if that happens. Uh, but what do you think about the like the final? bit of the mission the mission when he accomplishes it you know what i'm saying when he says mission accomplished yeah if they hadn't made fun of it at you know immediately after with luther sitting in the party you said mission accomplished <laughs> you're so corny yeah if they hadn't made fun of it i probably would have hated it more <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm also glad that they haven't made a habit of doing that in all the other movies <laughs> that would be so funny it, it, that would be funny in an annoying way. 
It's like stop. Yeah, I I, I like wouldn't enjoy it. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Yeah, uh, and I did enjoy that. Like again, with that team, with the three of them in the the server building. Right. I enjoyed how everything there played out. Yeah. Where, you know, Agent Carter breaks in, takes out a few guys. She gets shot. Yeah. Benji, you stay here. She's gonna look after you. I, Brant, I'm gonna go after these guys and get the power back on. Right. Brant's taking too long with the power. Jane, here's what to do here. I, Benji, I'm gonna go take care of the situation over here. And the way of that, just kind of that interplay happens, I thought was really good. Yeah. It, it's exactly. It's more of the them kind of doing stuff together. They're a team now. Yeah. <laughs> Not just a couple agents who happen to be working the same mission. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite fun. Oh, uh, because we've been talking about this before, what do you think of Tom Cruise's hair in this movie? It's slightly better than two, but I still think it's too long. Oh. I like it. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the long hair, I gotta say. Yeah. Sorry. But, uh, some nice hair. Yeah. We'll find a Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Yeah. Now, I'm just going to throw in a little real life story here when Rogue Nation came out. All right. Rogue Nation came out in 2015. Right. And I'm going to say that it came out in July. Somewhere in July. This I know. It came out one week before the Fantastic Correct. Four reboot. July 31st. One week before the Fantastic Four reboot. Okay? Yeah. So when it came out, I went and saw it. I had a good time. The following week, I have tickets to go watch the Fantastic Four reboot. And on top of that, I'm wearing a costume. I'm dressed as Mr. Fantastic. Nice. Now, when I bought tickets, Mission Impossible is playing in Theater 1, our AVX theater. Right. And they had decided that they weren't going to put Fantastic Four in there. They are going to keep it in Theater 10. Right. Now, between me buying the tickets and me getting to the theater, which was a few days... They decided that they were going to put Fantastic Four in the AVX and put Mission Impossible in Theater 10. So I show up with my code on my phone and I scan the tickets and I grab them. Think nothing of it. I've done this a million times before. There's not going to be any issue. Waiting for food, get some food. And I hand the tickets to the ticket ripper. And as I hand them, some didn't feel quite right. And he hands them back and says, Mission Impossible, Theater 10. And I'm looking at myself in my Fantastic Four outfit, and I'm like, well, that can't be right. And I walk to Theater 10, and I see the Mission Impossible poster, and I look at AVX, and I see the Fantastic Four poster, and I was like, they swapped those movies. <laughs> and I was like, well, what do I do? What do we do? And so the movie was about to start, and Fantastic Four had started 20 minutes ago. <laughs> so huh. I sat... For the second time, watching Mission Impossible Rogue Nation whilst dressed in a blue tracksuit with a big old four on my chest. Nice. It was... Nobody was fooled that I was there to watch that movie. <laughs> oh, boy. I think that Rebecca Ferguson is probably the best addition to this franchise. I really I really do enjoy Benji. Yeah. He's fun. But uh, Ilsa Faust... Oh, she just fits in these movies so well. Oh yeah, and I love the relationship that she has with Ethan, and and kind of that. There's a bit of that will they, won't they, 
but also that kind of question of allegiances because she'll fight for him sometimes but then stab him in the back other times and it's just super interesting it's and true. I'm a huge fan of her in these movies yeah she's definitely a uh, a worthy addition yes to the Mission Impossible franchise yeah this is the one with the plane. Yeah. At the beginning of the movie that has nothing to do with anything else. And in the that's movie. <laughs> that's the best part is they were like Tom Cruise wants to hang off the side of a plane. Huh. Well, we can't really work that into the story. What if we just do it at the beginning of the movie and like it has a cold nothing opening. To, and it has nothing to do with anything else? That's how we're gonna do it. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Uh, and it is it is pretty cool it is yeah and it's one thing to be like you know oh yeah I know that he did it but just watching him you're like man that would be so scary yeah and you, you just that dude is white knuckling for dear life <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh yeah very cool that w- it would be pretty sweet to do that though be so scared <laughs> you're not letting go nope <laughs> yeah the other stunt in this movie is when he holds his breath underwater and does that whole card swap yeah. bit I gotta say the uh, the odd wonder of that has worn off on me and it's become like a little more obvious like how CG everything under there looks yeah and I'm like ugh and then you notice, like, how often he falls, like, out of camera so he can, like, yeah. have oxygen and, and and they can, like, take a different cut. Yeah. And I was like, it, that was definitely more impressive when I watched it the first few times. And I'm like, that dude's holding his breath for, like, four and a half minutes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Would it be different if it's a one shot. And he was in it the whole time. Yeah. Because it is kind of a one shot. Kind of. They cut to Benji and... Kills a couple times, but yeah, yeah, but a decent scene, I guess. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's what it's... is what is funny about that is that he dies, and then they bring him back. Oh, but pet peeve though, is they bring him back with those defibrillator paddles, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's not how that's not how that works. <laughs> also, when the... it'd be better than if he died. In the water, and they brought him out, and as soon as he was out of the water, he went, oh, I'm back. Yeah. I hate it when that happens so much. That's the worst. He did also come back to life in in three, because his wife just whacked him in the chest six (laughs) times after doing CPR. I'm like, just keep doing it. It might take a while. Yeah. But you'll get there. It was like uh, in Transformers. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) Okay, we'll move on. Yeah. Uh, the ending of of Rogue Nation is pretty solid. First of all, I like that uh, they trick kind of all the major government players into one room. Yeah. And then Alec Baldwin, who's been hunting Ethan this whole time, gives just this man crush speech about him. You know, he's the perfect spy. There's no secret he can't uncover. There's no one he can't become. He, <laughs> like the line is. Uh, he's the living manifestation of destiny. <laughs> I'm like, what? Do you need a moment? Like, 
I sense a crush here. I sense true love. <laughs> and then I think that reveal of, of Tom Cruise being in the room and and how they figure everything out and then how they play that narrative for the world to know. I enjoy that. And then I think the chase scene is good. Uh, I don't typically love a, you know, a hunchman that stands out and he's the guy that keeps coming back and they can't seem to beat him. Yeah. But the bone doctor in five that has his final fight with Ilsa, I didn't mind that. Yeah. I actually think it's all right. That wasn't bad. Especially because a lot of it is the two of them that have this back and forth. Yeah. And Ethan's kind of on the sidelines of that. So right. and it's not Ethan that's failing to take out this one guy again and again, but it's this power struggle within Yep. It's definitely not the worst that the, that trope has been. Yeah, absolutely. And I also like that, uh, you know, when Benji's sitting there with the vest and Tom Cruise says, I'm going to put you in a box. And that's literally what he does in like six minutes. Yeah. And I even like just all, all of them standing around the edge of the box and Lane's being like, damn, I did not, did not think of this. Yeah. What happens to... Jeremy Renner's character again in this movie? Uh, at the end, he's at like that trial with the council, and he's like, I can confirm or yeah. deny. And then he just doesn't show up in six. Okay. I was trying to remember if I missed something, because he's not in six. He just didn't show up. He's doing Avengers. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think also perhaps they thought that Jeremy Renner would become a bigger star than he did. Not that he's a nobody, but also at the end of Avengers Endgame, he's the first one that they put for the big six of Avengers because he's the one that you're going to clap for the least, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, I think the big thing of this movie for me is just that I really like Rebecca Ferguson. And I'm glad that she's that she came back and that she is also coming back. Because I think she works in these movies so well. Yeah. I am curious why she has an eye patch in the next one, though. Yeah. We'll find out. We will. Maybe. You're right. Or maybe we'll find out in part two. <gasps> Exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, follow up. Follow up. Follow up. This is number six. This is the sixth one. Right, right. I have an issue behind the scenes with with these movies especially when with Christopher McQuarrie involved because the story seems to be that Chris and Tom will talk and say alright what kind of stunt do you want to pull off and they'll figure out what they want to do and they will literally write the story as they're making the movie so that they can incorporate these different stunts right. and like Simon Pegg has said that he'll show up to set for Mission Impossible and he has no idea what's happening because they haven't made a story and they're giving him lines day of. And mm-hmm. I feel like being on set with that, that would just suck. Yeah. That being said, something happened with Fallout, man, and they just Nailed put it. the pieces in the right place, <laughs> and they found the right beats to fill in the middle. It works, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fallout is really good. It's solid. Yeah. And... Look, I think Philip Seymour Hoffman is still the best villain, but Henry Cavill's really incredible. Yeah. 
even though, again, it's so obvious he's the bad it's guy. It's very <laughs> obvious. But sometimes that's okay, you know? I'm not too worried about that. Yeah, they, I, they do kind of tell you pretty early on when he hands the undamaged cell phone to Angela Bassett. It's like, oh, so this dude's bad. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's not like they're hiding it the whole time and then the reveals like I'm the bad guy and you're like oh my goodness I knew that <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah yeah they tell you and, yeah. and you know uh so at least they did that it's true that bathroom fight scene is amazing it's so good reloading the biceps man that's what I'm saying <laughs> it's a pretty <laughs> I don't know who came up with that but that's incredible <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, like, there's not even a sound effect in the movie, but when he does it, you can hear the <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just the fact that they all just get the tar beaten out of them. Yeah. <laughs> I like, pretty early on in the fight, the, whoever they're fighting, just <laughs> punches Henry Cavill square in the throat. <laughs> and his eyes go wide, he goes... <laughs> Like that? Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, you're hurt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they also just destroy that bathroom. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. It is. Yeah, the... Look, Tom driving the helicopter. Cool. Yeah, nice. Good for you. But him climbing that rope to get to the helicopter, <laughs> then falling and have yeah. to climb... That's good stuff. Yeah. Very. And, oh... Man, I'm even just watching it, especially when he gets to the top and he has to kind of climb around the bars to get inside the helicopter. Yeah. And I'm like, that would be so scary. It would be. Like, <laughs> good for you, man. Yeah. Because I, I would definitely, yeah, because as if I'm going to do any of these things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, if it was me, you know. If it was me, I would have done CGI, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of good stunts, you think about the beginning scenes of this movie, with the the one shot uh, jump out of the plane, the halo jump, the halo jump. Yeah, I think that storm looks like crap, <laughs> the lightning storm. But yeah, I'll be honest, it's not the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I've seen worse. I've seen worse. But uh, you know, watching them fall and especially. Like, I, I know that's not Henry Cavill. Yeah. Stunt double, because they're not about to throw him out of a plane. Yeah. Um, but the fact that, that the actor, or the stunt double, whatever you want to call him, has to pretend like they're falling unconscious. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. It's true. Uh, also, I said this to you, <laughs> but uh, that's what faces and helmets look like. Yeah. And it seems that no one else is... Now, I know it's because they're actual helmets. Yeah. But how has no one else been able to get this? I don't know. I think, like... Hmm, I think what part of it is, in other movies, is they're too scared to sacrifice pieces of the actor's face. So they move the face into a place where it wouldn't be. Where, like, most helmets are going to cut off probably below the nose. So you're not going to yeah. see a ton of mouth. That's probably part of it. Yeah, and it's also the lighting. Yeah. Where, um, well, it's not as much of this, but I was thinking of, like, Star Trek Discovery. There's a scene in the, the, the latest season where they're all wearing helmets 
on, on like a dark planet and they've got lighting but they're actually wearing helmets with real lighting so that they can see but like it looks it, it changes their face a little bit yeah you know like especially staring at them you're like you look very different with the lighting like that you know because that's how it would actually be in a helmet like that but other talking about Indiana Jones because that's <laughs> yeah. recent they're just like well we don't want to change any of his features based on lighting right so let's just take like a normal shot so you can tell from every single angle it's him <laughs> and then put it in there it's like uh, no <laughs> yeah yeah uh, a sequence I really like in in Fallout is when they're gonna break Lane out of custody yeah and they do it two times because there's the here's what the plan's gonna be and you watch Ethan Hunt just murder a whole squadron of cops yeah. which if we're being real that's so you can put some pretty crazy shots in the trailer oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. um but then the way that they pull off that heist uh, yeah it's a heist no yeah uh incredible it's just so fun to watch oh yeah and uh, like at that point you got like everyone against you and just how they're working around all the obstacles that they have Good stuff. And then adding on to that, it's like the the truck falling into the lake. And yeah. then, well, first of all, the whole scene with the, the water moving around the vehicle. Yeah. Until, uh, you know, being... Lane has to hold his breath. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. But then, like, when it actually lands in the water and people take him out and they're like, oh, look at it. It's uh, Benji and... Yeah. The other Luther. Guy. Luther. 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 My goodness. Had a moment there. But yeah, that's fun. Yeah, I continue to enjoy Rebecca Ferguson in this movie, and kind of that role that she has to play, where it's like, I you know, I have to take out Lane, but I don't want to hurt you. I love it, man. I do. Yeah. I am also glad about two things: is that at the end of the movie, Ethan and Julia have a moment where they're like, "All right, these are our lives, and they're no longer connected anymore." Right. And we're we've accepted that. And Julia has said to Ethan, like, my life is good. I'm, I love what's happening. I miss you, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, I know the world's safe because of you. You don't have to worry about me anymore. And I'm going to go off with my husband. And then as she's walking out, there's a moment between her and Elsa, which is almost like the passing of the torch. Like, you can be his lady now. Yeah. Which makes me psyched for seven, dude. <laughs> because, oh, I, as much as I enjoy this know question of alliances when it comes to her i'm really excited to see um and maybe she's not but i really hope that she's just part of the imf team yeah and it's just them working together because that would be sick yeah falls really good it is i gotta say that and i think that they do the the climax really well especially with the ticking clock and there's a a very light joke that they make that i think is a lot of fun and just like a very not in your face way to make fun of the franchise we're like oh, we're gonna cut the wires at two seconds left and it's like well why would we do two we'll just do one that's how we do things <laughs> yeah. and I'm like that's yeah I'm good with that <laughs> that's not a we're invincible joke it's yeah a, yeah um, you know what I think they do very well at, right immediately after that is um, they're scared because the bombs right you know they're gonna not be great yeah let's just say that uh, and as soon as they cut it you know it cuts to Ethan standing on the side and it's the sun, but like... But bright white, like but, an explosion? Yeah. So yeah. you're like, oh shoot, is he... Oh, it's a sunset. Cool. Yeah. 
That was very nice. Yeah. They did that well. Yeah, I like how that movie ends. I like that most of these movies just end. Yeah. Pretty soon after they accomplish the mission. Yeah. You know? Instead of having a 20-minute falling action. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to get you to rank the movies after we watch 7. Ooh, okay, that's what, that was my so question. So we, we can throw 7 in there. But uh, look, we're going to go watch Dead Reckoning Part 1, or as we've decided to call it, because it's a Part 1 of 2, Mission Dead. Right. Part 1 of both of those words. Yeah. Uh, so, how are you feeling going into Mission Dead? Uh, a lot more positively than I used to be after I watched two. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to watch these movies anymore. But then they got better. So, and I don't think any of them are bad except two. So, yeah. I'm, I'm interested. I'm not super excited and being like, this is going to be the best movie of the year. But I'm like, let's see how it goes. I am admittedly expecting a dip in quality. Yeah. I think that it's not going to be as good as Fallout. Probably not. I think this... I am expecting that this will probably hit about halfway. This will be about like the middle movie on the ranking. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm expecting. Yeah. I'd like to be wrong and that it would be better. I don't think it's going to be very bad. No. Can't be as bad as two. It will not be as bad as two. Yeah. Uh, I'd ask for predictions, but I don't know. There's not a ton to predict. There's going to be a mission that's going to be impossible. When we talk about part two next year, then I think there'll be some predictions in town. Like, you know, who do you think is... Because this will probably end on a cliffhanger. Yes. Yeah. I am curious how that's going to end, though. And we'll we'll definitely talk about it. Because I I think how this one ends... Is going to have a significant impact on how we feel about it. Yeah. Well, you ready to go watch it? Yep. Let's go to All the right. movies. All right. We'll be back in a moment. actually had time to sit on it yes so these are less raw thoughts and uh they're a little more formulated sure i thought that almost sounded like (laughs) not a word when i said it but we're good just in case people haven't seen it we're gonna go very briefly very generic what did you think of the movie no spoilers no spoilers i really liked it i'll be honest with you it was a ton of fun as it should be as a mission impossible movie should be uh, what, I, what I love about the Mission Impossible movies, and especially this one, is watching the action scenes, being able to tell how much effort was actually put into making these. And I think in that sense, they, they stand out as action movies in general. Yeah. And, yeah, this one's great for that. Yeah, I had a ton of fun 
they do something that we're definitely going to talk about in spoilers because it's pretty significant that I did not like as soon as they announced it. I was like, I wish that you didn't do this in this franchise. But the way they work around it I thought was really good. Yeah, I mean, obviously the stunts are going to be great. Especially now that like they're doing just everything practically that they can. That they can, yeah. Especially if you enjoy the Mission Impossible movies, I would say absolutely go see it. Oh, yeah. It's definitely worth a watch. Yeah, or if you just like Tom Cruise. Yeah. Alright, ready for spoilers? Yeah, let's do it. Alright, if you haven't seen it and you don't want it spoiled, uh, stop the episode now. Yeah. Alright, here's the thing that they did that I didn't love. <clears throat> the villain of these movies... Is Ultron. Is AI. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. Like, that's where you went. But, for one, they don't... Like, maybe once or twice do they ever call it AI. But they refer to it as the Entity. Mm-hmm. Which makes it actually sound a little more scary. Yeah. And the way that they use it, and even just, like, talk about it, was better. This isn't, like, you know, it's not Ultron in the sense that, you know, I'm taking over every computer and I'm going to destroy the world. It's essentially just trying to preserve itself. Yeah. But it, I think it's the, it's the fact that it can take over every computer yeah. and destroy the world that I really like about it, because it's not... We'll see it with the next one, but like this one, the the entity wasn't really didn't feel like the antagonistic force at all. It was that all these people were trying to get the key because they wanted to unlock whatever yeah. it was so that they could have this power of the entity. And I thought that was pretty cool. But and I think the big thing that to do with it is that because it's a computer, it's it's analyzed every detail about every person on the planet and through mathematics can guesstimate very likely what they will do next mm-hmm. especially our main characters and so like the human antagonist Gabriel at one point says you know tomorrow afternoon I'm going to have this key in my pocket because the entity has worked out X amount of things that I said yeah. you know they're all going to be on this train this is going to happen this is going to unfold and by the time Gabriel hops off the train, he'll have the key. Yeah. And I didn't love it when they announced it, especially right at the beginning, because I was like, oh no, <laughs> the computer's glitching, and it has an eye. It's AI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but it actually worked out a bit, quite a bit better than I thought it was going to be. Oh yeah. I was, I was pretty scared at the beginning, too. <laughs> also, I said it didn't feel like an antagonistic force. That's not what I meant. I meant it wasn't the only antagonistic yeah. force in the movie. That like, sorry, what? No, go for it. No, I was gonna be like and talking about that opening. How long was it? I don't know. Like twenty minutes until the title card? It was a while. <laughs> That's when the title card started playing, I'm like, I didn't even realize we were doing one of these. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a, it was an interesting opening though with the submarine. Yeah. And it took me it actually took me a minute to realize that the, the entity itself and the submarine were two different things. And that the the entity had very little to do with the uh, the fact that the submarine was so well cloaked, and that was it was almost like its own thing. Like this is a new submarine, very high tech, very very cool, and mm-hmm. then it just gets wrecked. Yeah, because <laughs> of the entity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, you know, something I think that this movie did really well was the soundtrack. Oh my goodness. Like, Lauren Bell. I, I, quite it. a few times, I had to, like, 
come like out of the movie and realize like dude all your muscles are like tense you need to relax <laughs> it's just a movie yeah but the music gets you like it's good music my muscles were clenching <laughs> it's it's very intense and dramatic i would it, yeah it puts you on edge yeah and you one, know, one of the best soundtracks out of all these movies yeah. probably it, it probably uses the that mission impossible theme less than every other movie but i wasn't upset about it no and it still uses it a lot yeah <laughs> but just yeah and and it uses it a lot in subtle ways too you know yeah where it's not like the dun, 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 you know what i'm saying yeah but it's just like the chord progressions are like driving a different theme but it's still the same chord progressions that's really cool yeah yeah a very very cool soundtrack all right we're both waiting to talk about it so let's not waste any more time Haley atwell is incredible perfect. yes i she doesn't say a lot or really do a lot in the trailers you kind of see her face and yeah like looking over her shoulder type stuff it, she's incredible in this movie. It, it, oh, yeah. She fits so well. Very good. And her and Tom Cruise have this excellent chemistry. Yeah. That's like not even romantic. But. Yeah. It, it's like they're not friends. But whatever it is between them. The way that they play off each other is amazing. Yeah. That kind of like sometimes friendly, sometimes annoyed or frustrated with each other. Yeah. And both kind of. Especially when they're handcuffed together. Yeah. That's really fun, you know? That was a great sequence. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that she really earned her, her place in this franchise. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, if they keep going after part two, I hope that they don't kill her in the next movie so she can stick around. I hope that they don't keep going after part two. Oh, me too, but... <laughs> uh. You know what made me mad? Rebecca Ferguson. I thought she was incredible, but they killed her off. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny when they killed her off, honestly. Not because of the movie, but because you had just said, you're like, oh, she's the best addition to this franchise. Like, (laughs) like, her character's going places. I'm so excited where the next, you know, it's, they did it. You know, they did it. And then she died. I was like, (laughs) take that. Now she dies with the the knife and sword fight on the bridge. Uh, And... That's a very good fight. Oh, as soon as she walked in, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. She's going to die. But it's not... And when she did die, I got to say, it didn't hit me as hard as it could have. And it's not because I knew then and there, oh, man, she's going to die. Yeah. But they had faked her death an yeah. hour earlier into the movie. Yeah. And that one I was a little sad about. When she just gets shot almost by like a stray bullet type thing, I'm like, oh no. Yeah. I liked her. <laughs> and then, oh, it's a fake out. Okay. Yeah. So I'd already, I'd already felt that emotion and then had it reset. So when she did die, I was like, well, this is still sad for me because I really like this character. But uh, I wish they hadn't faked her death <laughs> earlier yeah. in the movie. Yeah, but I am I am still bummed that she won't be back. She'll be recreated with AI. Hey, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, probably. Multiverse. They better not. 
They probably will. It'll be some emotional obstacle that Tom Cruise, I mean, uh, sorry, Ethan Hunt has to overcome as the AI uses reflections to recreate her image and to stop him, and he gets, like, scared. And he gets emotional. We'll see. Uh, here's an Ethan Hunt moment that I liked, and they showed quite a bit of this in the trailers, but they never, I had never put together how much of this was from the same thing. Uh, a bunch of, like, American political leaders are in a room talking, and this guy walks in and he's standing mm-hmm. against the back wall holding the bag, and very clearly there's something up with him. Yeah. See, he's kind of looking around. He almost looks like nervous to be there. And I'm like, well, what is going on here? And then the green bombs go off, which were in the trailer. The mm-hmm. gas bombs. And then he pulls off his mask and it was Ethan Hunt. And I went, you know what? Maybe it was dumb of me. <laughs> but I did not think that that was <laughs> Ethan Hunt. <laughs> the minute he walked in and, like, stood at the back of the wall. And every time, well, every time. And then, like, the second shot with him... With them talking and then him just having, like, basically no reaction and just, like, kind of, like, awkward in the background. I'm like, oh, he's wearing a mask. <laughs> I, di- I didn't know it was even Hunt specifically, but I was like, that dude's not that dude. Now, let's let's come out of the movie for a second and look at some real world, real world circumstances. Uh, we went with your sister. Correct. And made very well known... To her and myself, is that you hate the moment in the trailers when Kittredge goes, this is going to cost you greatly. And Tom Cruise reacts by clenching his jaw and tilting his head and then putting it back. Yeah. Well, it's not just that. It's like every time that happens in any movie. Yeah. Because it happens so much. We've been making fun of you. Right. Mm -hmm. Consistently. Yes. For months based on this because... The trailer plays before everything. In the in the theater, they're talking back and forth, and we're like, oh, it's coming. And I had, like, my elbow cranked to, like, nudge me again. But then they cut that moment! <laughs> yeah, they did. That was my favorite part of the movie, honestly, is that they didn't have that. It was beautiful. I was a little frustrated. <laughs> but not by, I, not by anything that happened in the movie, but just that I could... <laughs> bug you i think that actually made it better for me is that i knew that you were like no i'm like yes That's you know what's favorite. funny is is later on <laughs> they cut and the sky in london is like gray yeah. and i was like i wonder if he does it now <laughs> this is about the same color as it was in that other scene but they just take the scene from later but no they just cut it no uh, they do have like 10 other half head tilt moments in the yeah. movie but those aren't annoying. Uh, what stands out to you in this movie as far as stunts? Stunts? Well, there were a lot. That's true. Uh, of course, the motorbike, you know, cliff diving off the, thing. Yeah. Off the ramp. And the CG hill. Or CG cliff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was incredible. Uh, did, did that look weird to you? Yes. It did. I don't know if it's a thing of like, well, I've seen the behind the scenes footage of him driving off the wooden ramp. Yeah. So I know that they're putting rocks on top of it, but I also thought that it looked strange. Yeah. And not not in a way where I was like, oh, that looks bad. I was just like, 
it just looked a little off, but who cares? Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, oh, my favorite part of that was when he, like, first, you know, pulls the parachute. Yeah. And it's a shot of, like, him from, like, I think, like, an, uh, under him, you know? And he pulls it, and he just gets yanked back, like, whiplash, and it was, like, intense, and, like, his face, <laughs> I'm like, wow, that that doesn't look painless. <laughs> but I was like, yeah. Tom Cruise Calm. puts his body on the line for Hollywood. He's crazy. He is crazy. But I, I like these movies, so I'm okay yeah. with this craziness. I really enjoyed the car chase. The car chase was Especially awesome. the handcuff element was really exciting because it's Haley Atwell driving and she's not doing a great job. Yeah. And then at the swap, so Tom, Tom Cruise, I almost said Tom Hanks. <laughs> Tom Cruise is like crossing his arms and trying to pull everything off. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the fact that they pulled that off practically as well, that's pretty sweet. Which also led to a, a very funny moment, I think. When, when the, the the car that they're in together, it, it like tumbles down the stairs and then they're like all flailing around oh, in the yes. car and then it yeah. lands and they're like, wait, what? We switched seats? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was funny. This is also, I don't know what it is this year. But I kid you not, three movies this year have taken place in Rome by those stairs. Yeah. Two of them involving a car chase. <laughs> it was Fast X, and then it was the, the second book club movie. Classic. They went to those stairs, and then it was this one. I'm like, well, I can't wait to find out what, the fourth what movie, movie takes me there next. <laughs> uh. There must have been other stunts. What am I? What am I missing? Lots of the stuff on the train that they filmed on an actual train. Oh, you mean uh, the beginning of an Uncharted 2? When they climb up the train cars, and every time they get to the top of one and into the next one, the uh, the one that's hanging falls, and then the next one falls, and I need to climb it again. Oh. That's the beginning of Uncharted 2, by the way. And okay. they just put it into a movie. <laughs> well, it was fun. I was talking about, like, on top of the train. That too? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Here's the train bit I didn't like. Uh, it's after Ethan pulls his parachute and Haley Atwell's character is cornered in the car and someone's about to shoot her and Ethan Hunt with little, very little control on this parachute accidentally flies through the wall of the train <laughs> compartment and happens to smush this guy to bits. <laughs> Which is immediately followed by the parachute catching in and him being flung back and knocking out the White Widow's brother. Yeah. That was a bit much for me. Yeah. And also the fact that just his sheer speed at which he crashed into the wall of a train. <laughs> I'm like, you're dead. <laughs> Not a scratch. Yeah. It was like, uh, Never we didn't death. talk about it, I don't think, but... In, in the fifth movie, when they're in the car, and they're backing up backwards, oh, and then the car yeah. flips like seven times, yeah, and it's like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the scene is great. Yeah. But that, no. <laughs> no. I also, I also did not enjoy, in the Uncharted 2 sequence, when they're climbing up the, the train car, and, uh... Tom Clementif, who plays Mantis, by the way, in Guardians of the Galaxy, 
uh, appears seemingly out of nowhere to catch two people. Yeah. Uh, even though she died like 20 minutes ago. Died, quote unquote. Yeah. She was stabbed through the chest. Like, there's a lot of organs there. Yeah. I didn't take biology, but I'm pretty sure that you're not surviving super long, <laughs> let alone 20 minutes. And then walking through an entire train, and then climbing down into a hanging train cart, whilst yeah. no one notices that you're doing it. Classic. Oh, and that's immediately followed by something else I didn't like. I'm going to come back to positives in a minute, because I did enjoy this movie. <laughs> but they did a fake-out thing where the train car, like, snaps and falls. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, they fell. And then just cuts to them standing on the other one. Yeah. And I was like, oh. You didn't feel like showing how the three of them escaped? That would have been cool. But I guess not. And the other time they did that in the movies, when Haley Atwell handcuffs Tom Cruise to the steering wheel of the car, and the train's coming, and he can't unlock the handcuff in time. Yeah. And then the train just smashes through the car, but Tom Cruise just happens to not be in the car. It was very, uh... Han from F9. Classic. Yeah. Here's what I did like about this movie. And this was a, a consistent thing throughout the movie. Is there's a lot of different characters in play. Mm-hmm. And they're all smart enough that they're all in the same place at the same time. Right. I liked it. I liked... I enjoyed uh, Shea Wiggum's character. And then... His sidekick, who I can't remember, but he was fanboy, I believe, in Top Gun Maverick. Uh, and maybe you know, they were typically like one step behind, but they always ended up where you know Hunt and everything else and everyone else were. Right. And it's not like oh well, they're you know they're with the CIA, they're so stupid they can't find us. No, they're they have like a lot of resources and intelligence. That's how they can catch up and. And keep being in the same right place at the right time. Right. And even, like, people who are looking for the key. Everyone's showing up. And also, I think it also helps with not spreading things out so much that it's hard to follow. Yeah. At worst, it's our characters are in different compartments on a train. Right? Yeah. yeah. So you just have to be like, okay, so they're in this place, they're in this place, they're in this place. Yeah. Right? That's as confusing as it gets. Yeah, I thought they did that really well. It's not like eight different locations with people doing their own thing. Yeah. Yeah, very well put together in terms of characters and what they're doing throughout the movie. Uh, what did you think of the airport stuff sequence? I thought it was fun. The airport sequence is probably my favorite part of the movie. I like that Luther kept deep faking a bunch of random people Yeah, <laughs> to look like Ethan Hunt yeah. <laughs> on there. And I, I, what I also enjoyed was because masks are so common in these movies <laughs> yeah. that Shake Wiggum is just constantly grabbing people and trying to pull their face off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah. That was good. That was great. Or uh, Benji. His name's Benji? Yeah. Benji with the bomb? Yeah. That was really cool in the airport. 
Did you perhaps find a couple moments in this movie where Benji would crack a joke and you went, I don't know that we need a joke yep. right here. Yeah. Here's, look, and this is definitely a result of me not loving Tom Cruise. I think he did fine in this movie. I like Tom Cruise. But what it feels like to me, you know in The Office, when Will Ferrell shows up and he's going to take over for Michael Scott, and yeah. uh, there's that scene with him and Andy in the kitchen, he's like, oh, you're The Office funny guy. Do something funny. Do something funny. And it winds up with like, Andy like pouring coffee down his pants and stuff. Yeah. It it feels to me like Tom Cruise is going, Hey Simon, you're the funny guy. You should say something funny in this next scene. <laughs> that's that's what it feels like to me sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes when when Benji's funny, I love it and it works. But yeah. other times it's like I don't think we needed a joke right there. Yeah. I do like Simon Pegg though, he's great. Yes. Yes. Uh, and another, look, let's just call for what it is. Standout, who's been consistent, Luther. Luther's great. Just great. He's one of the best characters. Uh, <laughs> there was one moment, <clears throat> where because we know this is a part one. They're very explicit about it in the title. Yeah. Part one. We're getting part two later. When Luther says, Ethan, you guys are going to go do this. There's a little bit of the entity on this hard drive, but I gotta go, and I'm gonna go completely offline to find out what this thing is. And I went, "Oh yeah, you're not coming back in this movie." Yeah, it felt like uh, in in the Clone Wars uh, season seven when Obi Wan Kenobi's like, "I'm gonna go deal with General Grievous on on Utapau," and it's like, "Oh yeah, goodbye. <laughs> We're not seeing you anymore." <laughs> yeah. How, how did you feel about it as a as a part one? As a part one, I thought it did really well. I uh, think so too. Because the the conclusion of it is they get the key right yeah. after the huge train sequence and everything. And they're like, "All right, we got hope, right? We got it. We finally we can do whatever we got to do next. We got to go find the the sub." You know, they they've set up the next movie without it ending in like an abrupt place. Yeah, like Fast X, which is not a problem with Fast X. That's just how they wanted to do the part one. But this one was a little different. And I like that. Oh, I agree as well. And I think this movie feels like a complete movie. It doesn't feel like half yeah. a movie. Kind of like... Which is what people have said about Fast X and Across the Spider-Verse. Is it feels like they took the movie and cut it in half. Right. Which works for some people. It doesn't work for others. But what's nice about this one is this movie wrapped up. Yeah. And essentially they're calling it part one because you just have to know that this one and the next one are connected. Like, they're closer joined as sequels than the previous six movies have been. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, it, it doesn't, like, conclude its story. Like, it leaves it because there's still more to happen, right? And it's not like the conclusion is like, oh, it's a satisfying end to it you know you can leave it or you can do another one set up it's not like it has stuff that sets up future sequels it's like no this is definitely part one because the bad guys are still we didn't defeat them and gabriel and the entity are still there you yeah. know but we just gotta do our next step to getting them but we finished our first step so that's good 
Yeah. See you next time. Feels like watching a, like a Lord of the Rings movie. That's, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I'm like each movie like, no, has a beginning, middle, fight. end. You know, Lord of the Rings is way better than this. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm not comparing the quality <laughs> but, of movie, but but I mean like in that style of a of a part one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like especially um, thinking of Fellowship. Yeah. It very clearly has a you know beginning and the middle yeah. and then an end, right? Where their end is like we did this thing, now we go do our next thing. Yeah. You know, not a oh my gosh we're gonna. See you next time. Yeah. <laughs> and even Two Towers does that as well. Yep. Yeah. Are you excited for part two? I am. <laughs> the it, confidence is blowing me away. <laughs> it's not like, a, oh my goodness, I cannot wait for part two. It's like, a, yeah, I like Mission Impossible, so I'll go see a Mission Impossible movie next time it comes out. Yeah. But I'm not like, I, I need to know where this is going to go. You know, I need, like, I'm going to lose it if I don't find out, like, the hype is killing me. No, it's like, that was a great movie. I loved it. Can't wait for the next one. All right, moving on. Yeah. I, but also, I just can't maintain hype for a year anymore. <laughs> I, I am excited for the second one. Yeah. I, I, I do hope that it's the last one. I think it will be. We'll see. I think it will be. But I, I, I'm ready for these to be done. Just not that I think they've overstayed their welcome. Not to it. Not that I think that they're getting bad, but let's just stop while we're doing good. Especially, you know, you've built up, I feel like AI is as big as you can go before it gets weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, you're either going to outer space or multiverse after this if you want to keep amplifying, right? I don't want to do that. Yeah. <clears throat> do you have a ranking? I do. Do you have a ranking? I do. Would you like do you to want go why? first? Do you you want to go first? I'll let you go first. Are you going top to bottom or bottom to top? Bottom to top. All right. Starting things off with Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. Darn right. No, I'm <laughs> All right. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Mission Impossible Two, obviously. obviously, and then Mission Impossible. All right. I'll just like to say Mission Impossible Two is like bottom. And then Those everything ev- everything else is, I really like. Yep. I like all of these. Uh, then, okay, so Mission Possible. And then Rogue Nation. Okay. And then MI3. Okay. And then Fallout. Ooh. I like Fallout. And then Dead Reckoning Part 1. And then Ghost Protocol. I did not know that was your number one. Oh, yeah. I love Ghost Protocol so much. Very neat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go with numbers here. Look, obviously the bottom is two. <laughs> we all knew that. Yeah. As a collective, the world has recognized yeah. that two is the bottom. Then I'm also doing one. I'm going to hurt your feelings here a little bit. I apologize, but then Shoot. I have four. Gosh dang it. Then five. Then I've got to do seven there. All right. Then six. All right. And then three on top. Nice. And I'd be similar to you where two's quite a bit lower and then the rest are yeah. close. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I think it was the most difficult part was deciding between the seven and six. I mean, yeah, seven and six. Yeah. Because I, I think they're both great. Yeah. I do yeah. think that Fallout was a little bit better. Yeah. I, I think the shorter runtime probably helped. And even Fallout was... 
quite a bit longer than the other ones. Yeah. And I, I didn't hate the runtime. I didn't feel it necessarily. But I also wouldn't mind if part two was just a little bit a casual two hours. Yeah. You know, it definitely won't be. It'll be three. <laughs> no. Yeah. They got to go bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else to say? Um, no, that's it for Mission Impossible. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode uh, and our thoughts. Uh, if you want to see our thoughts written out, feel free to check out our Letterbox accounts. Links in the description below. Uh, if you want to hear Luke and his sister talk about Togusatsu, uh, they have an episode that was released last week uh, for Ultraman Day. Correct? Correct. Okay. Make sure I get that right. <laughs> uh, you can go check that out at Toku Talk Radio. Again, links for that are in the description. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks for what is the episode that I'm probably going to enjoy the most. We're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah, we are. In honor of the new one coming out. I love TMNT, baby. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have so much fun. Yeah. But uh, until we get there, Luke, why don't you hit us with that send-off? All right. Well, there's one thing I want you to take away. Or that Tom Cruise wants you to take away from these Obviously. Mission Impossible yeah. movies. So always remember, no mission is impossible with the power of friendship. Hey, thanks, Luke. And thank you, listener, for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate it. If you want to keep up with us and the show, please feel free to follow us on Twitter, or X, if you will, at Pod Screen Time to see some quick thoughts of ours regarding movies or shows. You can also follow us on Instagram, again, at Pod Screen Time, to see when our episodes drop and any extra visuals that we want to show off. You can also catch up with both of us individually on Letterboxd to catch our thoughts and reviews on the movies that we watch. You can find me at The Shininator, and you can find Luke at Shin Glassman. If you want to hear more of Luke, feel free to check out his other podcast, Toku Talk Radio, where he discusses tokusatsu and anime with his sister Hannah. And if you want even more of Luke, who can blame you, you can take yourself over to his YouTube channel, Shin Glassman, where you can watch his videos that range from reviews to tier lists. They really are a blast. Links to all these things are in the description of this episode, so head there to find those and stay connected with us. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you again in the next episode.